Grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, Jesus Christ, who is risen, just as he said. Oprah Winfrey once said, lots of people want to ride with you in the limo, but what you really want is someone who will ride with you on the bus when the limo breaks down. She was talking, of course, about friendship. A true friend is more than just someone who shares your same interests or helps you out or makes you laugh. A true friend is someone who loves you, not just being loved by you. In our sermon reading for today, the Apostle John shows us the friend we have in Jesus. We read from John 21, verses 1 through 14. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will also come with you. They went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will find a catch. So they cast, and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. So when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid, and fish placed on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to question him, Who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is our reading. May the Holy Spirit bless our study of it. Amen. During his earthly life, Jesus had learned how to be a carpenter, not a fisherman. But he was familiar with what his fishermen friends did for work. He knew that they did their work at night, that it was 
hard manual labor. Move the boat, cast out the net, pull the net back in, and then repeat until you have all the fish you need. Jesus knew also that a fisherman's work did not end when the boat hit the shore. The fish that had been caught needed to be preserved and processed if they weren't going to be sold immediately. And the nets would have to be repaired in preparation for the next outing. Every little tear would only get bigger, letting precious fish escape. But before this shore work, a fishing team would sure benefit from some food in their bellies. A little breakfast would carry them through this remainder of their work. Jesus was familiar with these things during his earthly life. And after his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection from the dead, he still knew these things. And as our risen Savior stood on that shore in that morning, he looked out at his disciples, and he thought of them. And he planned to give them a string of gifts. That's really what this simple story presents, isn't it? Our Savior presenting a parade of gifts to his followers. The first gift is easy enough to see. They'd been working all night and had nothing to show for it. And so the God-man flexed his power just a little and filled their net with so many fish that they were not able to pull it into the boat. Was that why they had failed on that whole night? To make this gift even more amazing? Had God whispered to the fish, stay away from that boat until morning. When things don't go our way, we often forget that there might be a reason for this, that there's a God whose plan might be a little bit wiser than ours, and he might be unfolding that plan in a way that will bring us greater blessing than we would have even asked for. When they arrived on shore, Jesus gave them his next gift, breakfast. Roasted fish and bread were waiting for this band of hungry fishermen. You know, food is easy to underappreciate unless you lose your sense of taste or aren't able to eat for a while. God shows us his love through three meals a day or more through the variety of flavors and textures that he provides for our nourishment. I mean, he could have just given us oatmeal, plain oatmeal and, and uh, multivitamins, but he figured that this whole nourishment thing should be something that we get to enjoy, too. When the disciples found breakfast waiting for them, they also found that they wouldn't have to play papers, rock, scissors to see who served the rest because Jesus took up the bread and the fish and served them to each one of them. The man who had suffered hell to take away their sins, the man who had given up his life to save them, now gladly served them breakfast that he had prepared. In the upper room, Jesus had washed the feet of the disciples to teach them a lesson about service in his kingdom. And here he is.
is once again leading by example. After their breakfast, these experienced fishermen received another, another gift from the Lord. They found out that they wouldn't have to fix the nets today because even with such a huge catch, not even a single strand had been broken. This wasn't a coincidence. It was a miracle. It probably never gets listed with Jesus' other miracles, but it sure was appreciated by those fishermen and by John, who wrote it down in his gospel. And all of these things were fine gifts, but we haven't mentioned the greatest gift that Jesus gave his disciples on that beach yet. He came to be with them, to spend his time with them. He gave them his presence, himself. This was the third time, John tells us, that the risen Christ had appeared to his disciples. And the main reason that he had come here wasn't just to give them some fish. He was there to show them that he was alive. Their master and savior was truly risen from the dead. And therefore, everything that he had taught them about himself was true. He had suffered and died for their sins. They were now forgiven and restored to a right relationship with God. You see, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead was not like a Bigfoot sighting. They didn't just see him off in the distance, kind of hazy. Oh, yeah, that might be him. Yeah, that looks like him. Not at all. He met with them. He ate with them. He talked with them. He served them breakfast. These men who knew him well spent time with him. Over and over, over the span of 40 days, he came to them so that they would be certain that this was no trick. This was truly him. The impossible had happened. Their sins had been paid for. The risen Jesus was proof of it. This is the friend they had in Jesus. And this is the friend that we have in Jesus also. He used his almighty power to provide a catch of fish for them. And he still uses his almighty power to provide for us today. He was thoughtful concerning his beloved disciples. And he is thoughtful towards us today, providing what we need whether we're talking about food and drink or whether we're talking about the gospel of forgiveness continually applied to us or the countless other spiritual life lessons that Jesus teaches us through his word, things that we need for the living of this life. Jesus lovingly served those disciples breakfast, and he still does this for us today. He serves us when we come to the Lord's Supper. Not just bread and wine he brings to us, but his own body and blood as well to reassure us that there is no judgment for those in Christ. Now there is peace. We are connected with him. When he blessed those disciples on the shores of Tiberias, he paid attention to the smallest little details. Not one little piece of webbing was broken in their net. 
and he maintains that same eye for detail for us today. Answering our every prayer, he truly does. Saying yes to the things that he knows will benefit us, that will direct us further toward him, and saying no to the things that he knows will not be good, according to his good, perfect, and caring will. And Jesus was patient with those disciples, appearing to them over and over and over to cement the reality of his resurrection in their hearts. And he is patient with you and me too. Over and over he comes to us through his word and tells us that we are redeemed. He tells us his word of gospel through our Christian friends, through our teachers, through our pastors, through our hymns, through our own private time, just reading in his word. This is the friend that we have in Jesus. He's not a high-maintenance friend, always asking for more. And he's not a pretend friend, only there when times are good for us. He's the type of friend that just keeps on giving because he loves us. He truly loves us. Simply put, you could say, Jesus took the bus so we could ride in his limo. Although it's kind of a sad comparison because it falls so short of the reality. The reality is that he took the cross so we could sit with him on his heavenly throne. He suffered hell so that we could one day savor heaven and see God face to face. This is the friend we have in Jesus. So when our lives are hard, disappointing, we can remember this Jesus who came to give us forgiveness and life and a future. And when your sins weigh heavy on your conscience, think of this Jesus who says that your dark past has been erased and your every sin forgiven at his cross. This is the friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.